listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Welcome back to another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. My name is Ryan Schweitzer, joined by Craig Boschman. Bosch, last night, Broncos in action with uh, Red Deer, you know, a team that uh, made some moves at the trade deadline and, and before that, and they're looking like they're serious about making a bit of a playoff run and a good measuring stick game for our guys. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, a team that, like you said, is, is up there in the standings, third uh, in the Eastern Conference, and a team that's got their sights set on a, a pretty serious playoff run here. And, and really, the first two meetings uh, between Swift Current and Red Deer didn't go great for the Broncos they lost 5-1 here at home and 6-1 on the road so kind of curious to see what last night was going to bring with the Broncos playing well lately and sure enough they put on yet another pretty strong performance and unfortunately just didn't get the end result they were looking for but I think the guys can try and hold their head high knowing that they're playing great hockey and if they can play like this you know the rest of the way they're most likely going to win a lot more games than they're going to lose yeah and we'll get the breakdown from interim head coach Devin Pratt in just a little bit on our coaches segment here on uh, on Broncos this week and our feature guest this week is uh, is a good one uh, Owen Pickering the much talked about much hyped uh, NHL Central Scouting prospect is going to join us as well but uh, we'll get coach Pratt to break down last night's game a little bit when he's here but you know each post-game show, you always end up interviewing Matt Keeler or someone on the coaching staff, be it him or Devin. What was that chat like after last night's game? Yeah, I think, you know, Matt was pretty, again, pretty happy with the way the team had played. Um, You know, they created scoring chances. They were physical. They didn't back down. Got a lot of power plays by, you know, maybe frustrating the Rebels a little bit, uh, moving their feet, that sort of thing. So, really, if not for, you know, a couple of big saves and and kudos to, you know, Swift Current native Chase Coward for some some big-time saves last night at key moments. Um, if not for some of those saves, you know, it could have been a, a certainly different game. So the coaching staff, again, I think they're pretty happy with the way the team's played really over the last five, six, seven straight games here. And it's unfortunate that the results haven't reflected the way the team has played because I think this is the most consistent we've seen them play all season long. And you'd hope that that would be reflected in their record, but unfortunately not the case. So I think the coaching staff is happy and they just kind of want to see that continue game to game. And it's going to hopefully carry over into a big three game road trip coming up this weekend. Yeah, three and three. This is a big test for the team. Uh, the, the three and three weekend isn't as common a thing as it used to be, but uh, it's definitely on the calendar for this weekend, and uh, it's going to be a big test for our guys. Yeah, it starts off Friday in Red Deer, so I mean, you saw how how crazy physical and how much animosity there was in that game on Tuesday. I can only imagine what what Friday is going to bring on the road, and then the Broncos are going to head up the highway towards Edmonton and then play a team that I ha- has I think eight NHL draft picks on their roster now, and then on Sunday afternoon head down to Cal and uh, play the Hitmen again, who they just saw last weekend to, to finish off for a, a 4 o'clock local start in Calgary on Sunday. So it's it's a busy weekend coming up and three Central Division opponents and some, some stiff tests, uh, especially in the first two. So going to be an interesting weekend and uh, looking forward to seeing how it, uh, how it all plays out. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to a time when, when people feel safe to get out and about again. And uh, hopefully in the not-too-distant future, before the end of this season, there's conditions to, to really pack this rink because fans who are coming to games and yeah there's frustrations with having to wear masks and such but you know there's just so much entertainment value with this year's team you know win or lose these guys are trying and and there's some talented kids out there and you know Josh Davies he's another one we haven't seen 
the likes of him in quite a while. You know, physical like Beck Malenstein, but speed like Dean McCammon. Like th this kid, just all kinds of physical tools. Well, he was uh, he was just a wrecking ball out there. He was hammering guys down left, right, and center. Every time he was out there, you knew he was out there, even if you didn't see him, because the boards were shaking all around the rink. So, uh, you know, that's just the way that Davies plays the game, and he does it well. Um, you know, last night especially, his hits were clean. There was nothing, you know, uh, late about his hits or no elbows up, no leaving his feet, anything like that. It was clean hits all around from Josh Davies, just finishing his checks, being physical, being a nuisance out there for the Rebels. You know, they were taking exception to his hits because they were so hard, and, uh, you know, that's just the way he plays the game, and that's how he can be effective on top of what he's able to do offensively. So maybe one of the better performances we've seen out of Josh Davies this season, and I, I think he's going to have a, a bit of a target on his back on Friday night in Red Deer. Yeah, I, you know, whenever you have those games where it's very physical and then the teams have a home-and-home, home, you're always expecting a grudge match in the second game. It doesn't always end up that way, but having said that, certainly wouldn't be surprised if, looking at the game sheet after this one, there's a, there's a few penalties on there. But a big weekend coming up. Broncos 3-3 three and three heading through Alberta. Next home games, not this weekend, but next with Friday and Saturday action here at the Innovation Credit Union IPlex. Yeah, I'm going to have the Moose Jaw Warriors here in town who are, I mean, who knows what they're going to be looking like next weekend by the time they come to town, but they're rolling right now. They just finished off a three-game road trip through Alberta. They beat Edmonton 8-1 to one on Tuesday in Edmonton. Yeah. So Warriors are rolling right now. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're they're pretty firmly in the middle of the Eastern Conference standing, so that's going to be a, a big game. And, and the, fur, the previous four meetings between Moose Jaw Swift Current, the home team, has won each game so far. So something to watch for there. And then um, Saturday, the Broncos have Lethbridge coming to town, and it seems like the Broncos and Hurricanes play every other day uh, in recent weeks here. So it's going to be another matchup between those two, and not a lot of friendships between those two teams either. So I'm expecting another uh, physical game coming up next Saturday here against Lethbridge. All right. Well, we thank you for tuning in to the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Our feature guest on this week's episode is going to be defenseman Owen Pickering, who's just been a breakout star for the uh, Swift Current Broncos and the Western Hockey League. Uh, we'll have a chat with Owen in just a little bit here, but in the much more immediate future, interim head coach Devin Pratt sits down with Broncos This Week after this. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Coach's show segment on the Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, interim head coach Devin Pratt joins us right now. Uh, Devin, you know, I, I was thinking we could just maybe run last week's coach's show. It seemed like another effort where you guys took on a, a top-tier team, a team that recently loaded up to, to make a run at things, and I thought you gave them all that they could handle. But, uh, again, the, the results on the scoreboard just not there, right? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, we got to continue to stay resilient with our process here and trust that results will follow. I think, you know, some positives we can build off it is that is our, our best effort against Red Deer. Um, you know, the you look at a team that's well over 500, they're up in the top of the standings on our side. So for us to establish a game like that, create the opportunities that we did, uh, is important for us moving forward on a confidence level, knowing that we can we can uh, hang around with those guys and we can do a job. And uh, if our process is there and our attention to detail, that we can have success. So um, you know, the the great thing about sports and and hockey is Friday night we get them again so we get to go into their rink and measure up uh, again here. I'm sure the players are aware that they've been playing good hockey but there's no doubt some frustration that they haven't gotten the wins that they're looking for. What are you trying to tell them after games to try and keep their heads high and let them know that you're really happy with the way they're playing and that the results will eventually come? Yeah, I mean it's, it's really important because
because uh, it's funny how, you know, competitive sports work. But, uh, you know, in the previous games we've played Red Deer, we feel like, you know, 10, 20 minutes into the game, it's almost over. Like, we haven't generated much. We haven't been able to um, really get any scoring chances or anything going. Uh, We're having trouble getting out of our zone. And, you know, those games are over, and it's almost like short memory, let's just move on. And, you know, like last night, there's there's a bad taste in your mouth. You know, you just, you know, you're you're not happy with things because you feel like you did put in the effort. So, um, you know, it's important that we embrace those frustrations and those emotions, but we understand that it's coming because we are doing things right. It's become because... Um, you know, we are creating and we feel um, that our process has been established. So, uh, you know, I, I it is a little bit of a broken record right now going on this last couple of weeks with us here, but I really feel comfortable with the way that we're playing. I feel comfortable with the way that we're competing. Um, you know, Saskatoon's been on a little bit of a roll as well. Uh, you know, uh, one of the stronger teams in our side here and to have two, two games back-to-back uh, quality with them. Um, you know, a good game here against Calgary where we had the lead in the third period uh, we get the win against Lethbridge and then we have another solid effort against Red Deer I mean uh, it's it's hard to ask for more I mean we, we talked about uh preparing for scoring opportunities um, you know mentally being ready for those pucks thinking about those opportunities that you have and what you're going to do in those moments but I mean I, I got a ton of respect for these guys and the effort that they're putting in uh, night in and night out here and I you know it's an old cliche coaches used to yell like bear down and I mean everyone wants to score they're trying to score they're they're working their hardest it's not a matter of them bearing down it's just being prepared being ready for those opportunities embracing uh, you know those chances and, and finding a way to get them across the line so uh, you know I'm really happy with where the group's at we're, we're never satisfied we always want to work uh, today was a, a big work day for us on the ice here um, trying to clean up some of our details and our transition and our defending and communicating with confidence and I think that's something you see with all the top teams uh, around our league is they have a little bit of that swagger with and without the puck uh, when they don't have it they're communicating as a group and I think that's that's something that we need to continue to grow here. Personally, I, I like that you took a young goaltender and started him against an upper echelon team like Red Deer, give him that experience. But you go Poulter Friday, Saturday, and then Reed Dick on Tuesday. You know, what was the decision to, to schedule your netminders in that way? Yeah, I mean, we, we don't like to plan things out too far in advance, but we we do like to look at load management and we do like to look at opportunities. And, uh, you know, I thought last night Reed uh, established some confidence in his game. He looked really sharp early for us, and I think it was a step in the right direction for him. Um, and while respecting that he is a young goaltender and, you know, this is a, a 19, 20-year-old league uh, when you're expected to be a dominant player night in and night out, uh, there's going to be some growth there. And he's got a great mentor in in Isaac who's kind of gone through that he's gone through uh, you know um, being a younger guy in the league and having to embrace that challenge night in and night out so um, you know going into last weekend uh, we decided we're going to start Isaac on Friday and we kind of left the rest open that uh, you know based on how things went there we'd make a decision Saturday and we wanted to be sure that during the homestand we got Reed in for one so we gave him that opportunity and I think it lined up nice just going back to Red Deer 
year. Um, you know, so it gave us an opportunity to kind of re-engage things from there and decide, uh, you know, we got a three and three coming up here. So, um, you know, there'll be another spot start in there um, to relieve some duties and some load management. And, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see how things all play out. But that's kind of a little bit of an insight, I guess, to our mindset um, with that. And we like to be open and communicate with our guys early and give them lots of uh, heads up of when they're going to go. Two players individually I wanted to touch on from the game last night. The first is Alexei Shinarin, uh, gets into the lineup for just the second time since the Christmas break. But you put him on the power play, he not only gets his first goal, but he hit the post in the second period, and he just looks so confident and comfortable out there in the offensive zone. Uh, just a great performance by uh, by Shinarin last night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, very excited for him and proud of him. And, um, you know, this is an area of the schedule that we kind of sat down and circled with him of where we needed to start to see some peak performance and I think we have to understand that uh, you know he wasn't here in September he wasn't here in October he joined us uh, was it mid-November area Um, and you know we've got our grounding we've got our foundation Uh, he's got to learn a new language he's got to learn you know a new style of play he's got to get on board with our expectations and what we see and uh, he's just he's a great kid Uh, he shows up to the rink he wants to work he wants to get better he's putting in the extra work and that's what we're proud of and you know I think uh, there's still some work to do and there's uh, still opportunity for growth but that was definitely a step in the right direction and it is uh, very exciting for him to uh, you know score his first goal and then also just create um, kind of uh, consistently create throughout the game and I think you know when I look back at his kind of first game uh, was one of his stronger efforts and there was a little bit of an excitement for him there and he you know he was around the net and he was creating some opportunities and then you kind of settle into um, you know trying to embrace being a player every night in this league and that's where our challenge to Alexi has been is that uh, you know you're not going to hop off off the travel and join a team that's 20 games into their season and be able to be an impact guy right away uh, especially when you're a younger guy you gotta you gotta kind of pay your dues and learn a little bit of stuff around here and be structurally sound and um, you know a lot of times young guys look at it that if I if I score if I'm producing then I'm gonna play when the reality is is if you can defend you'll play when you're not a liability to be on the ice, then you're going to be on the ice. And I think Alexi's uh, embracing that challenge daily of just putting in the work on the defensive side and the structure and getting his foot speed uh, up to speed, really. Um, so really proud of him and where he's at, and we're looking forward to continued growth from him. Did he, uh, because he's a guy, he's been a healthy scratch quite a bit. He's been in the stands quite a bit, and all of a sudden he's on the first power play unit. And, and he buried. I mean, it, it certainly made you guys look good. Was there a, a that- light bulb moment that kind of uh, precipitated putting him on that first power play unit because it, it it was very very sudden and suddenly we got Alexi Ovechkin out there scoring goals here but uh, yeah. that's what we were calling in the production room last night anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent I like yeah. it. Um, well uh, it's interesting but you know all of the guys that play at this level are power play players growing up. They all play in, you know, uh, special team situations and they all are comfortable in those areas. So, I mean, it's been a topic of our conversation that, you know, if he v- he's an offensive guy, we got to get him some offensive looks. And sometimes it's just opportunity. When opportunity knocks, you got to be ready. And with uh, Nagy being a late scratch from the lineup, it just kind of presented itself as, okay, here's a chance to get him to be a net front guy um, and get him that chance. It's not throwing him a cookie late in the game and get him some power play 
play. It's prepare for it in the morning, uh, understand your roles, responsibilities, and expectations, and then uh, show up and execute. And I mean, uh, yeah, it, uh, it made the uh, power play coach look pretty good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the other individual player I wanted to touch on was Josh Davies. He gets on the goal, which is one thing, but his physical game was maybe at its peak last night. He was just a wrecking ball out there against Red Deer, and that's a guy who loves to play that style of game, and he was maybe at his best last night. Yeah, no question. Um, fully engaged, um, a workhorse, and, f- and finishing checks and finishing them clean. Uh, you know, he's such a powerful guy. Uh, he can get his speed up and he can get into glides and read his angles really well. And um, yeah, he's a, he's a young guy who's a major presence on the ice. And we just look forward to his continued growth and development because uh, we feel it could be pretty scary for opponents coming here in uh, in the future. Yeah, you know, I want to I want to talk about him. And you know, uh, Caleb Y. Rostock, he's another guy who plays a real in-your-face style of game. We've heard scouting reports on a couple of the newer faces who have been picked up through the prospect draft. Is that part of the Broncos' identity and culture going forward is to be a team that's in-your-face and won't back down after the, the whistle blows from some of that stuff? I think that's kind of the identity of every team really that wants to be successful at this level you look at uh, you know with the Winnipegs and the Edmontons even Red Deer themselves like they're there they're sticking up for each other they're playing that team game I mean um, we're fortunate that uh, we have a couple guys that embrace that style of play as well and I think it's important that you finish checks that you you know you don't give up uh, easy possessions and that you are hard to play against so uh, I definitely feel that that is you know within the identity of what a Bronco is, you know, never stop kicking, um, you know, provide energy, be out there, be physically engaged, uh, you know, and that's, uh, that's what we've challenged these guys to embrace. And I mean, uh, Caleb's kind of always been this player uh, and he's a bit of a throwback, like right from the, you know, seventies, eighties, hockey hair flowing to <laughs> just uh, the reckless abandonment of his body and putting it on the line uh, just about every play that he's out there. So uh, I know uh, as a coaching staff, we surely appreciate it. There's no question about that. Uh, the way those two guys, um, have played and then they've clicked well they've clicked well offensively uh, creating opportunities and getting on the score sheet uh, as well so um, yeah we we, uh, we like where those guys are at big weekend coming up here with three games uh, your first uh, three games and three nights uh, trip of the season Red Deer Edmonton Calgary uh, I guess you like the way the team's been playing lately and you kind of just hope that's able to carry over into what is a pretty uh, beefy schedule over this weekend did Christmas holidays start early for you or did, we miss, did I miss one earlier did you miss that three and three the we went uh oh we went red deer edmonton edmonton to finish for christmas wednesday friday saturday though we didn't play thursday Jeez. Bang. Oh, Are you bang. right? I am right. Of course yeah. I'm right. I got Bosch on this one, yeah. Yep. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, 15th, 17th, 18th. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the question? Uh, <laughs> teams have been playing great lately. Busy weekend coming up. You're hoping they can kind of just continue that through. What is a very busy uh, schedule this weekend with travel and games? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important that our guys um, have some load management. I think from a staff-wise, too, like, 
you can't get out there and just try and chase the game right away or, or anything like that. You got to understand that you have 180 minutes of hockey to play over the weekend. So uh, I think it's important for us that we take care of our bodies. Um, you know, we get there and we want to be able to roll out some depth. We want to be able to roll four lines, play 60, um, kind of preserve some energy throughout the week. Short shifts will be important, and uh, it's a it is a good challenge. I mean, we have another three and three lined up with a makeup game with Winnipeg later on. Um, so it's just kind of part of that growth um, and understanding what it takes to play at this level. And, you know, we've added some uh, veteran guys in the dressing room like Van Imp, who's been there. He's done this quite a bit and he'll be able to uh, guys will be able to lean on him for so that experience as well. I'm just a little shook up here that uh, I was wrong <laughs> when I tried to throw a dagger at you. It's big that you admit it, though. I mean, you know, but I, I want to ask you, too, and I'm certainly not questioning the, the physical conditioning of this team because, man, to, to play in this Western League, it's demanding. And I know that our guys are up for it. But the 2019-20 the season obviously shortened. The 2021 season was what it was, a 24-game hub schedule. So now we're back into a 68-game season and the guys have played more than 30 games. Uh, how are they holding up for, for fatigue and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, again, it comes down to uh, load management. I think it's uh, dual responsibility. There's responsibility on us as a staff to um, understand that and to allow time for days off. Or, you know, sometimes you get better not skating. Sometimes your, your team can improve that way and maintain some energy. Um, I think... One thing with this, the other side of that responsibility is on them to eat right, get their sleep, take care of their bodies, listen to themselves. Don't allow something minor to turn into something major because they ignored it. Um, but I think that, you know, with this group, there's a lot of energy every day. There's excitement every day. They enjoy coming to the rink. Um, and that, that makes a difference. I mean, uh, there can be some dark days in the winter when it's cold outside and, uh, you know, results aren't there and things aren't going well and you're almost dreading going back to work every day and putting on the skates and getting to work and for this group it's you know every day is a new day we we just want to continually improve as a team and as individuals and you know the goal for us is that you know we're better tomorrow we're better next week we're better next month and that's again as a team and as an individual and um you know i think it will be important for us to just to be cognizant and think of that load management especially with a younger team and a younger group you know you normally would play anywhere from 35 to 40 game schedule and you'd add in a couple tournaments and you're probably finishing around the 50 to 55 games so uh, I know the year that our group uh, at Notre Dame went right to the TELUS Cup final it would have been I think we finished with like 69 70 games played and that's kind of the full shebang with a tournament in there so when you when you look at that and where these guys are coming from and then you add in even the guys who played junior hockey here the last number of years they got into a bubble and played 24 games last year um, you know we're, we got a 68 game schedule we still got 30 games left uh, and it's coming in a short time it's going to be in less than two and a half months it's going to be right around about two months and a week kind of thing so uh, just very important for our guys and you know it, it comes right down to a detail of like short shifts too. It comes right down to that, like being in the moment and then not overextending yourself and just, you know, staying fresh on a, a nightly basis. So, um, you know, that's a part of, uh, you know, the journey that I'm looking forward to learning and growing in as well. All right. Well, Devin, thanks so much for making your way down to this end of the rink for the uh, weekly coaches chat. It's uh, it's always appreciated and best of luck on the road this weekend, man. Thank you very much. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.
the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast and our feature guest, uh, defenseman Owen Pickering, joining us on the podcast. Uh, first time talking to you in person on the podcast. Thanks for uh, making your way to this end of the rink to hang out with us, man. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, another game action last night. I guess we'll start off with that. Uh, picked up a 5-2 loss to Redder last night, but I think that was probably the sixth game in a row where your team was basically the better team over the course of the game and unfortunately didn't get the result, but I, I think the team has to be happy with the way that they've been playing games over the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, for our group, it's it's been a little bit of a tough stretch, and the wins and losses uh, well, in our last five, uh, one and four. But I know we've been feeling pretty good with how we've been playing, and and uh, Prodder's been preaching kind of just the process. So uh, for us, we're just kind of trying to follow that mentality, I guess, and uh, and be positive and stick with it because we are playing good hockey, and and we've gone five games out shooting our opponents. Um, before that, we did that twice all year. So um, I think we just got to stick with it, stick to the process, and and the wins will start. Coming. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, is it is it a challenge to to do that? Like you're you're seeing results you talked about. You're out shooting the opposition and whatnot. Is it a challenge to kind of keep everybody in the room focused? Uh, not really, honestly. I, th- I think Prodder does a good job. Uh, it's it's tough sometimes, though. Like we're obviously in a race here right now and there's still 30 games left. But but it's been a goal for us to make the playoffs. And it's obviously within striking distance. So um, when you're one and four in your last five and you've had games that that you feel you should be coming out on top of uh it, it can get difficult mentally but um we just are trying to stick with it like i said and, and prodder does a good job keeping us focused and we come to the rink and, and we're trying to repeat those performances and, and get those wins kind of wanted to ask you about that uh goal of making the playoffs i mean we know the last couple of years uh, for this team have been tough following that championship year in 2018 so the goal of making the playoffs is certainly seems to be player driven i mean where did that kind of come from did it start in the hub last year was it at the start of this year i mean where did that sort of mentality sort of first uh, first appear uh honestly i'd probably say the hub uh we uh we have a pretty confident group uh and then it just kind of just kind of grows i guess like we we come this year and and we're feeling good as a group and and we kind of had a belief in ourselves that that maybe nobody else had especially at the start of the year um but now kind of talking to people around hockey and and other teams and stuff they they see uh, they see us as a real threat now so um we we aren't waiting for next year or the year after as a group uh we want to win now and and that's our mentality obviously we're excited for what we can do in a couple of years but uh we're not sitting around waiting we we feel like we're we have the talent and and the team to to do some damage and, and that's what we want to do you, you love to hear it that's great stuff man um you know you talked about the team's confidence and I, I certainly hope that it is there because you know last night you didn't get the final score result against red deer you talked about being one and four in your last five but you've had multiple instances this year where you guys are hanging with like the best teams in the league and you know last night's game against red deer this is a team that loaded up for a playoff run and you know you guys gave them all that you can handle so that confidence certainly seems like it's there to hang with anyone eh? yeah for sure we've we've had some good games with with good teams this year and and going back like you said to last night they're they're a good team and and they did they have a bunch of 19 year olds they're big physical heavy teams so um for our kind of younger group to to hang with them and and go punch for punch it was fun and and that just gives us more confidence as we head into a big weekend here and and throughout the rest of the year we we kind of know we can hang with anybody and and we can beat anybody so uh that's our mentality and and it's a fun thing to have kind of wanted to 
talk about the the growth of your game. I remember your first WHO game was in the hub against Winnipeg, and there was a moment in that game when you stepped up on Peyton Krebs and poked the puck away from him <laughs> and kept the play alive in the Winnipeg zone. How much do you remember about that first game, and how did you feel after you had poked the puck away from Krebs? I remember a lot. I don't know. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, like I said, kind of going into the hub, I uh, wasn't really sure what to expect, and uh, getting in a game against the ice, uh, playing against some of the higher-end guys, like Krebs, probably one of the best players in the league last year. He was pretty ridiculous. So uh, stepping up on him, and I just watched somebody in the World Juniors, actually. Um, stepping up on him and, and even gaining a little bit of confidence and, and coming off the ice after that game and, and gaining a, a belief in myself that, that I can play in this league and, and I, I feel like I could be good in this league. So uh, it was a ton of fun and, and it's, a, it's a great experience. So looking back on it, how important was that game to where you are now? Because I, I would have to think, you know, you were expecting to go into the hub, you know, maybe be a healthy scratch for a few nights, be a guy who doesn't get to play much and then all of a sudden bodies are dropping and you get that opportunity to step out and all of a sudden out of nowhere, comes this six foot five 16 year old who's playing big minutes like how how big were those first few games for your development uh they were huge for me um the coaching staff last year was great uh they they were big for me um they helped me a ton uh and and it was fun i don't know like i i was i just realized that it's hockey and and i think that that's cliche but that that is what i tell people um like it's just i'm just going out there and playing and and I ended up, I remember the first game against Winnipeg. I, uh, we were down, I think, one or two goals at the end. Um, and I wanted to be out there. And there was like two minutes left in the game. And I was I was a little bit frustrated that I wasn't put out there to, to go score. So um, I remember trying to calm myself down and reel it back in a little bit and be like, okay, like, like this is the Western League. This is your first game. Like, come on here. Like, wake up a little bit. But... Um, I think kind of that mentality over the first two games just grew. And, and like you said, kind of I got put into some uh, opportunities or some spots where, where I was given opportunity. And, uh, and I just did well. Uh, I got some confidence and, and ended up having some success and had a lot of fun. You mentioned the word frustration, and I want to talk about that because nobody likes losing, but I think there's not a lot of guys who hate losing more than you do. And I'm kind of wondering, did that start when you got to the WHL, or has that always been something that's gone back all the way to your minor hockey days where you just could not stand losing hockey games? Uh, that's probably the whole way through. <laughs> uh, ever since many sticks against uh, my grandpa when I was five, I don't know. I just hated losing. I couldn't stand it. Uh, I was a bit more of a sore loser when I was younger. Uh, I was a baby, but um, I don't know. I've just always been extremely competitive, and and that's that's a lot of fun. That's that's the fun part of the game is winning, and and truly, there's nothing better right now than than going back into into the room after a win and and playing some music and just going crazy. Like uh, th there is nothing better, and we've been doing more of it this year, and I, I just want to keep growing. You know, you've talked about you, you've dropped the word fun a lot in this chat. So <laughs> you know, you're, you're talking about your first Western Hockey League game, and you know, whereas some people putting to your position might be overwhelmed by that, it sounds like you had a blast with it and wanted more. You know, how how important is it for you? And you know, your name's getting mentioned by Central Scouting. There's a lot of pressure on you now. How important is you to have is it for you to have fun every day you go to the rink? Because it seems like that. <laughs> That's a big part of your brand here. Yeah, I'm just having a blast, like you yeah. said, every day. Um, I, I actually mentioned that to somebody uh, the other day where, like you said, I, I, there is kind of some attention around me. And 
um, if I'm ever like thinking about that too much or, or say maybe I'm, I'm feeling a little bit of that pressure, I go to the rink and it just goes away. Um, I, I'd be playing hockey and loving playing hockey uh, if I was getting this attention or not. So uh, just kind of once I walk through the doors of the rink, it goes away. Um, and I'm just having a blast. I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I'm very lucky to be in the position that I'm right now playing in this league and, and for this team. So I don't take that for granted, and and uh, it helps me to have a lot of fun. Sorry, I'm using that word a lot. <laughs> it's all <laughs> good, man. No need to apologize for that. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the kind of eyes that have been on you over the course this year, and I, and I think they've doubled, maybe tripled as the year has gone on. Here, is it is it hard not to think about it? I mean, we know the there's still 32 or 30 games left, whatever it might be in the season. But come July, you know, you're going to be in Montreal. You know, sitting there at the end draft and then waiting to see what your future is going to look like is it difficult not to think about it over the course of the year um i guess so yeah i'd be lying to you if i told you i don't think about it um i i think for me it's about controlling it and uh making sure you stay grounded i lean on my parents a lot um i uh i don't think i've ever been a guy with a with a huge head um and I, I take pride in that, um, but I do. I lean on my parents a lot, and and if I'm ever feeling pressure, I'll just call them and, and talk to them, and and uh, they kind of keep me grounded, which is nice. Uh, and then I, I come to the rink and I I just play hockey. Um, so and like you said, there is 30 games left. It, nothing's been done yet. Uh, I've had a good first half. I feel there's things that I want to clean up, but. Um, just got to keep going and, and see what happens. Whatever happens will happen. You know, the last three years of your life must just be an unreal whirlwind because you get drafted late round in the WHL prospect draft. A pandemic happens. You grow a foot. You're suddenly <laughs> a top four D guy in a Western Hockey League team and NHL Central Scouting is all over you. Like, do you ever have to stop and like pinch yourself? Like just, and all this set on the backdrop of a pandemic. Like what a, have, has the last few years just been kind of a dream for you? Or? Yeah, uh, exactly the word you use is, is how I describe it. Just a whirlwind. Uh, and even like, uh, I'd, I'd go back to last year in the bubble, like uh, going in, not expecting anything and, and then playing a lot and ended up getting, having some success and getting some attention and then coming in this year. And it's, it's been kind of crazy. Uh, like I, like I say, it's, it's, it's kind of surreal. Um, all the attention I'm getting from uh, people around the rink and, and it, I don't think that'll ever go away just because of how much of a dream uh, playing in the NHL has been. Um, so, so I feel that uh, that's important for me, making sure that it's surreal. But yeah, it's it's been crazy going through, uh, getting picked late, and and then getting getting in into a, onto a roster when I was 16, which kind of locked out there, just the situation that Swift was in, and and that was huge for me. And and then coming in this year, and obviously. Uh, having a little bit of success here and having some fun. Let's talk about uh, your upbringing a little bit. St. Adolph, Manitoba. Wikipedia says population of a little under 1,400 people <laughs> and a finalist for Hockeyville last year. I know how yeah. much you were focused on that. How devastated were you oh, when you Oh, that was win? brutal. <laughs> we, were sitting, we were sitting in the bubble last year and I was posting everything I could trying to get St. Adolph to win. That would have been great, but we still, we still got some money for that and we ended up uh, getting a new ice plant. So uh, it, that was good. Yeah, so 
an upbringing in St. Adolph, Manitoba. It's nowhere that, that I've ever been to, but, you know, growing up in a small town, you know what, I, I think it molds a certain type of toughness and perseverance. Like, would, would you say that you were a better person for having grown up, you know, in a 1,400-person community? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a pretty close-knit community. Uh, kind of revolves around hockey, um, and, and everybody supports uh, people from the community. So, like, especially uh, last year and then again this year, um, the, the support that I've had from the community and and the people around me uh, has been has been extremely has been great for me and uh, it's it's been a crazy experience uh, having kind of an entire town behind me, which is something I don't think you'd get if you were from a big city. So uh, it's it's been pretty crazy and and I I'm definitely grateful for I've grown up there. And you mentioned your parents how much they've kind of helped you throughout the, the this whole process, but you've got some siblings as well. I think you got a younger brother and a younger sister. If I'm not mistaken. And yep. I remember back in the summer, you would tell me that your younger sister is also quite a hockey player too. Yes. Uh, the guys get on me, tell me she's better than me. <laughs> uh, say, Sam and my sister's shadow. Uh, so <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I don't like hearing that. It's too bad that I was asked this question. I thought this was going to be about me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's great. Um, she's, She's going to go to college in the States and be really good. Uh, just played for Team Manitoba as a double underager at Western, so uh, she might be better than me. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to admit it, but I'm super proud of her, and I'm, I'm excited to see what she can do. Yeah, you know, re rewinding a bit and going back to that draft day in uh, 2019, you know, this is a question that we, we always ask people who came up through the, uh, through the draft. Um, what was that like for you? You know, a lot of the guys that we talk to that end up making the team are early round picks. And you were a guy that went in the ninth round. Was it starting to become a nerve-wracking day for you? Uh, yeah, it, it was. Um, kind of like you said, I, I hadn't gotten a ton of attention throughout the year. Um, I, I had talked a little bit to, to some teams, and, and Swift had kind of reached out, but... Uh, it was kind of I hadn't heard I didn't hear anything the day before the draft uh, so I wasn't expecting anything uh, I kind of went to school that day and, and watched some of my friends get picked high and uh, some of my good buddies Philly uh, going to Swift um, so I was super happy for him uh, and I just was like hoping I guess I don't know I was, I was sitting there kind of in the later rounds uh, realizing that if I was going to get called this is where I was going to be and and it was kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty there in the ninth round and um, I remember there was a there was actually a break for lunch uh, between the eighth and ninth round so uh, during our lunch break at school they had a break uh, which was totally uncalled for they didn't announce anything <laughs> so I was just sitting there waiting for the pick to show up and then uh, ended up showing up 45 minutes later when I was sitting in French class and uh, first overall in the ninth round is what I tell people so uh, yeah, it's, it was a crazy experience and I'm, I'm super grateful for them taking a chance on me and it obviously it's worked out so far yeah. you touched on some of your teammates uh, in that draft you're getting drafted high one of those guys was Denton Matejchuk who went 11th overall the Moose Shaw um, you know I'm sure there's I know there's a rivalry going on now between Moose Shaw and Swift Current but um, what can you tell us about maybe the relationship that you and uh, you and Denton had over the course of that year yeah we're cousins so oh, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah I've uh, grown up with Denton uh, played with him for a long time and 
Uh, obviously, yeah, we, we don't like Moose Jaw, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy to see the success that he's having uh, against other teams. Uh, and uh, he's, he's worked really hard, and I think he's going to be really good. So um, I'm excited for him, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, big weekend coming up for you guys. Some time on the bus, and, uh, you know, it's certainly going to be a challenging one. You got uh, a couple of, of great hockey teams, and, you know, those three and three weekends, something that you guys haven't done a ton of, but uh, is this something you're ready for? Yeah, for sure. As a group, we're, uh, like you guys kind of said, we're, we're trying to stick to our process, and we've been playing some good hockey as of late, and we, can, we feel like we can play with anybody. So uh, we're not intimidated by anybody, uh, and, and we're going in there, and we're trying to do a job. Uh, we have three games, and we need to do that job. Uh, you can't worry about the three and three. When, when you get on the ice, you're just playing hockey. Uh, you just kind of do what you're told a little bit. So we need, we need to go in there and, and play our game and, and stick to our process. And I think the results will, will start coming. It is a long weekend trip with three games. Like you said, it's a six-ish hour bus ride to Red Deer. What are some road trip essentials for uh, Owen Pickering for a long bus ride? Uh, two blankets. Two. Yeah, one for on the floor <laughs> and one for on top of me. <laughs> uh, I got to be comfortable on the floor. Uh, and then uh, a pillow. Um, and then my phone, listen to music or uh, I'll watch a couple shows maybe. Uh, and then I, I've actually been trying to get in on some poker or some present in the back, but the older guys don't really let me. So uh, I've been just sitting there sleeping, I think is a big thing that I do. Nothing too interesting. Yeah. What about away from hockey? I mean, obviously we're, we're still in times of restrictions and whatnot. So the, the public relations component of the team and the visiting schools and whatnot, unfortunately, isn't a thing yet. But, uh, you know, are, are you a big TV guy? You a Netflix guy? What are, what are some things that you do to pass the time away from the rink? Uh, not huge. Not a huge Netflix guy. Uh, don't watch a ton of shows. I, I watch a lot of hockey. Uh, I would... Uh, describe myself probably as a little bit of a hockey nerd uh i uh that's kind of all i do if, if i don't have any school to do uh then i then i'm probably watching hockey or uh hanging out with my billets uh i've actually been playing a lot of mario kart lately since i got here <laughs> the original uh, or like the newer ones or uh couple mario kart 64 oh yeah that's uh true. and then mario kart 8 and we just got mario kart Wii. we are buzzing mario kart so <laughs> Uh, I am not very good at it. My billet brother waxes me most of the time. But uh, he is a blast, and, and it's fun hanging out with them. I, uh, I've really enjoyed uh, my time here, and I have great billets. So uh, it's, been, it's been a great time. Well, on the video game component of it, too, I think the guys always like to try and play, whether it's online with each other or go to one of the billet houses and kind of hang out and play. I mean, are you guys doing that with whether it's Mario Kart or whatever other games you guys are playing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we play online video games. Uh, I don't know. It's it's fun. Just it's still it's competing with the guys, and that's kind of that's kind of how we are as people, uh, kind of higher level hockey players. So uh, we, we enjoy competing. Some uh, first person shooter. We play a lot of Fortnite together. Uh, I'm again not very good. The guys <laughs> will get mad at me, but uh, I'm I'm there and I'm on the team, and, and I'll provide some support once I once I die. Who would you say is the best? Uh, I can't tell you that. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> you tell can't. You can't I, pump the tires. No, of I, I it can't is. pump uh, <laughs> Josh Feldman's tires. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, you mentioned your billet home uh, a couple times, and your uh, your billet brother playing vids with you and whatnot. Uh, we we got to make a shout out to billet families, like a regular thing on this podcast when we have these feature guests. So who better to start it with than you? Uh, who who are you billeting with, and and what do you like about that experience at their house? Uh, I'm billeting with Jen and Tyler Spear. Uh, and then two eight-year-old boys. 
boys, uh, Carter and Blake. Uh, great family. It's been a, a great experience for me. Uh, best billets. Um, I couldn't see myself anywhere else. I don't know. I'm just going to absolutely pump their tires here. So, <laughs> Tyler, I'm sorry. I don't let this get to your head. But, uh, yeah, great billets. Uh, pre-games are outstanding. Um, yeah, it's obviously it's a tough experience moving away. I, I've never done that before. Um, so going into a house like that and, and them welcoming me in and, and treating me like one of their own, um, whether it's them or the extended family there too, uh, it, it's been great. And, and I uh, can't wait to see what's going to happen in the future with them and their family. Kind of just wanted to ask about getting back to a normal WHL experience. I mean, with being in the hub last year, your travel to and from the rink was in a 15-passenger van and driving to the dorms and the rink and back. Now you're getting the normal Western Hockey League experience on the bus. How much are you enjoying that compared to, uh, you know, what the experience was last year? Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was definitely an experience last year. Um, I, I did love it last year just because I was kind of the wide-eyed kid. Uh, but, but this year it's a lot of fun. Uh, biggest thing for me would be playing in front of our fans. Uh, it's been crazy. Uh, there's been some games where... Uh, there's been some decent turnouts, and uh, and it gets loud in here. So um, I'm hoping to see uh, some some better turnouts, like some more crowds. Uh, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun for our group, and, and we really appreciate the fan support from this town, and and uh, they help us. Um, so we're excited to see what we can do uh, for the rest of the season in the future, especially in the community and with our fans. Right on. Hey, well, thanks so much for, for doing this. That was, a, that was a great chat. Long overdue, but, uh, but thanks for making your way down to this end of the rink and doing this, man. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Wrapping up another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman getting ready for a 3-3 three and three weekend. Uh, pre-game show coming up Friday night in Red Deer. Yeah, it's going to be obviously with the time change, uh, 7.30 pre-game shows on both uh, Friday and Saturday and then with a 4 o'clock local time uh, puck drop in Calgary on Sunday. That means the pre-game show will start at 4.30 on the Eagle 94.1 on Sunday. You know, and something that we didn't talk about on the podcast that happened in the last week that uh, we would be remiss not to discuss is the uh, Western Hockey League debut of Clark Caswell. Young man from Brandon who came in and, uh, you know, he was one of the smaller guys out there, but I didn't think he looked out of place playing on the Broncos' top line. It's almost unfortunate that he can't play uh, full-time because he looked like he could play full-time even at the age of 15. Um, he doesn't turn 16 until, I think, next week sometime, but, yeah, he, he, looked, he looked great. Um, he looked smart. He was going to the net and he wasn't afraid to uh, you know, stand in front of the goal and look for rebounds and whatnot. Got rewarded with his first career point by doing just that, jumping on a rebound, and then uh, Matthew Ward putting it in to get Caswell that first assist. So he had a phenomenal first impression in the Western Hockey League, and I, I can only imagine how excited the coaching staff must be to get him back, and, and even the players too, to, to add a player like that towards the end of the season when he is eligible to join full-time. Uh, looks like he's going to be a pretty big addition. Yep, absolutely. What, what's the AP rule? I think it's five games yeah, until the thought. U18 season is over, and then they can join full-time. And Caswell's Brandon Weeking's U18 team is pretty good. I think they're number one in that Manitoba League, so they might go on a bit of a playoff run. But I'm sure whenever he's eligible to join full-time, he'll do just that, whether or not he plays every night or just kind of practices and gets into that routine. Uh, I'm sure we haven't seen the last of Clark Caswell this season. Well, and I was wondering, because with a 3-3 three and three weekend coming up, you know, fatigue and injuries could uh, set in. Is there any plan to, to bring in any? AP's 
in the next little bit that you've heard of? From what I understand, um, Maddox McCaggerty is supposed to join the team and play on Sunday, uh, 25th overall pick from this most recent draft out of Kelowna. So uh, from what I understand, the plan right now is to have Maddox uh, join the team on Sunday in Calgary and play his first game uh, at the Saddledome. So exciting moment for him. He'll get a chance to skate on some NHL ice and play his first WHL game against the Hitman on Sunday. And I'm sure it's going to be an exciting moment for him. Uh, he's a guy who, from the sounds of it, can kind of play anywhere you want him to be, whether that's, uh, you know, lower in the lineup to be a physical force or, you know, creating offense up front. So exciting to see another young guy make his uh, WHL debut on Sunday and uh, hopefully an exciting one for, uh, for Maddox. Yeah. Another guy I want to ask you about is Josh Fluker. He was in town. He was ready to go. We shot Jumbotron graphics for him <laughs> and everything, but uh, unfortunately COVID intervened with the schedule there, pushing that back. Uh, do you know if there's any plans to, to see him in Bronco Colors in the not-too-distant future? There is, yeah. I th- and I think initially he was actually, the plan was for him to play yesterday against Red Deer, and then that got changed on pretty short notice, but now he is supposed to come to town next weekend. The Broncos have back-to-back home games Friday and Saturday against uh, Moose Jaw and Lethbridge, and I think the plan is to get him in town to play at least one of those games, if not both of them. So much like uh, Caswell getting a chance to play back-to-back home games Friday, Saturday, I think the the hope and the plan is to have Josh Fluker do the same thing next weekend. So uh, Broncos fans will get a chance to see yet another bright piece of the future with uh, Josh Fluker in town for next weekend's games. Well, get your tickets now. <laughs> Visit the stable. Go to scbroncos.com. Let's hype some ticket sales here because this is big. You know, we got an exciting young team and, uh, you know, exciting young players set to make their debut with the team this year. So that's just great to see. All right, that'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. A big thanks to interim head coach Devin Pratt and Owen Pickering for joining us on the pod this week. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.